This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Angel Audio Productions, providing audio reproduction for 25 years. Find us online at www. Hi, my name is Shane Jason Fennessy. I was born on February 27th, 1975 in the town of Algiers, Louisiana, which is just outside of New Orleans. So whenever anybody asks, I say New Orleans. Uh, that's actually how I was told I was born. <laughs> so when my parents tell me or my mom tells me, you know, hey, where were you born? You were born in New Orleans. Okay. Uh, so I was born in New Orleans. Uh, Algiers is a suburb uh, on the other side of New Orleans or on the other side of the river. Uh, so you have the French Quarter and just over the river. I've been there. Uh, we moved when I was two. Uh, yeah, I think I was two. It wasn't long after. <laughs> uh, so I didn't live there for long. Um, my parents are Diane Stevens, Patricia Diane Stevens, and J. Murray Fennessy. Uh, my mother... Patricia Diane Stevens is uh, currently my mother. All personnel staff clear. 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 This security interruption to the podcast is brought to you by Story Vault. Story Vault, where your loved one's stories can be securely stored and then viewed by those you choose. Story Vault. Securing the memoirs expressed by the cherished. All clear. Proceed with caution. 68 years old. And my father is 76 years old, I believe. Uh, they are both still alive. My grandmother on my mom's side is still alive. She is 80. Four years old, my grandmother on my father's side is still alive. She is almost a hundred, if not over a hundred years old. Uh, my father is from the middle of Illinois and the Danville area. My mother is from Mississippi. Uh, down Petal and in the area, the southern southern half of Mississippi. Uh, they were married uh, after, I don't know much about their romance and marriage. I know that they met and got married quickly. Uh, I was born. <laughs> uh, I have an older sister from my mother's side, or from my mom. She was married to a man before she married my dad. And uh, my mom has two kids from my dad, me and my younger brother. Shanna is my older sister, half-sister. She is uh, 47 years old, 48 years old. Uh, Josh is younger than I am, three years younger than I am, and he is currently uh, 41 years old. So as we were growing up, we were four years apart, basically. Uh, the three of us, uh, my parents divorced when I was eight years old. That was 1982, three, somewhere in there. Uh, we lived in uh, 
St. Louis for the rest of my time growing up. Uh, and in fact, I have lived here the majority of my time, been on the road, left town, and always kind of came back. Uh, the year is currently 2019, I think I've stated that. Um, our first home, my first home that I recall, we moved a couple of times from New Orleans. So I was born in New Orleans and left, went to uh, Indiana, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, and the area around there where my younger brother was born. We lived there for a couple of years. Uh, I remember vaguely moving uh, to an A-frame house. I mean, very young, four years old, but I remember living on a lake. I remember um, other homes with pools. <laughs> when we moved to St. Louis, uh, where the memories start coming, you know, as they actually do, uh, I was five years old, and uh, we lived on the border of University City and Clayton, Missouri, which is a suburb of St. Louis, uh, just on the outside of the St. Louis city line for the most part. Um, it's a very nice area. Uh, we lived in a large home, had uh, a pool <laughs> and a big backyard, huge backyard, uh, two-story home and uh, enjoyed, you know, a very nice life, uh, from what I understood. Uh, a couple of years later, uh, my father found Christ. Uh, from what I understand, during a uh, men's fellowship thing at a large, out, at a large arena, uh, Promise Keepers was the name of it, uh, at that point, uh, his life changed and so did ours. Uh, I was too young to understand what was happening, but I do understand that he decided to give away or to uh, minimalize his life in such a way that it led to divorce and to very much heartache for the rest of us for the rest of the time. Uh, I do not know exactly why or how all of that took place. That first home was at, uh, I believe it was 7426 Westmoreland. Uh, it was a, it's a beautiful house. Still is, it's still, and I like the area. I, and it goes to show even how much it impacted me then. Uh, I liked my friends then. I liked the people there. And I liked, uh, I, you know, I felt like I fit in at least a little bit. I don't know how well I did because <laughs> I was young. <laughs> uh, after that, uh, we moved out to my mother, my sister, my brother, and I moved uh, out to Creefcore, Missouri. Uh, Creefcore is uh, further out. It's about uh, 20, 25 miles from St. Louis, downtown proper. We have, um, it, it runs right through 270, or 270 runs right through it. Uh, we lived in a, uh, a townhome for two years uh, and then moved further out into Chesterfield where we lived in the Village Green subdivision for the majority of the rest of the time. Uh, we moved a couple of times inside that subdivision, uh, but we uh, lived there for the majority of the time. 
my mother was married three more times after that. Uh, once to a man, twice. Uh, and she did what she felt was necessary to give us a life that was, uh, we were not hungry and we did not have very many problems. The problems that we had were caused by me <laughs> and my family. <laughs> uh, they were not problems of the outside world uh, by way of famine or by way of disease or by way of, you know, robberies or problems of that nature. They were anything that was wrong was wrong because uh, we made it that way. She worked very hard uh, and tried very hard to make sure that we had a very nice life and did so, so much that even now I have a hard time keeping up with it. At this time, I started school, of course. Uh, school for me was uh, what we consider West County School. Uh, I am a upper middle class white guy who uh, <laughs> felt like he never fit into it because he didn't deserve it or didn't like it one way or the other. Uh, it was always too much work. Uh, we started school life. I went to a public school. Uh, photos of a public school will show you that, of this public school, will show you that it is large. Uh, that the elementary schools feed into four larger schools. Classrooms are, they weren't huge. Uh, our classes were 25 to 30 people. And our graduating class was 500 to 700, I believe, somewhere. There. It might, yeah, it might have been 600 people somewhere in there. So there's approximately 2,000 uh, students in school at any given point in time. My father is a broker on the Chicago Board of Trade. Uh, he, from from all accounts of what I can remember him doing, have always done. He has always done the same thing. He has been a trader of commodities. Uh, he has worked on uh, on barges, or has worked for farmers for the thing for you know agriculture for his entire life, from what I recall. My mother has been basically in real estate in some way, shape, or form for her entire uh, occupational time that I can recall. Um, I had my friends. I had great friends. Uh, my friends all the way through high school. Uh, I miss my friends actually through high school and and those times. Uh, they were they were very close before we grew into adults. Uh, we did a lot of driving around. We did a lot of hanging out, playing pool, doing other uh, activities that uh, I'll be happy to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a very fun and exciting life uh, with my friends. And yes, people would call it causing trouble or being undisciplined. Uh, it was exciting and it was fun and I enjoyed it. Uh, I will still 
to this day, if I can go have fun by just having fun, I will. It, there's there's no reason not to. Uh, activities uh, when I was growing up, yeah. Uh, like I said, we I did a lot of driving around. Did a lot of driving around. <laughs> gas prices being as high as they are right now and gas guzzling cars uh, do not make me happy. I would rather have... Uh, a nice car that I could just drive around and feel fun in. Um, also, I did. I rode a lot of bicycles. I rode a lot of bicycles. Uh, I liked anything motorized, actually. Uh, I wasn't much into sports, but I did swim a good amount, more recreationally than I did for, you know, like uh, sports or athletics. Uh, I like to go out on boats and be in the water, uh, water skiing and things of that nature. It's uh, Those are fun for me. I like the outdoors. Uh, we like liked, we did. I still like uh, camping. We went out camping and floating and uh, we had a good time. You know, it was cooking. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking about some other things that we did as growing up. Uh, we did a lot of things outdoors. Um, we weren't much, you know, on my dad's side, he wasn't much of an indoor person. My mom, we worked, she worked a lot of the time. And when she wasn't working, I was outside with my friends. I was out playing around. I liked video games too. We were inside uh, playing video games, but I was always with my friends. You know, we were out playing, doing other things and uh, meeting new people. That's something I miss now too. I don't feel as if people meet as much as they used to. Uh, as we got older, I think everybody just kind of quit meeting. <laughs> <laughs> we have things that we don't like. We have this, that, it ever become. We just, no one gets into one another anymore. When we came to, when we came to St. Louis, we went to, I started at Flynn Park Elementary School, which is off Pershing uh, in University City. Uh, it's part of the University City uh school system. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, then we moved out to West County. I went to Craig Elementary School for two years and then went to Henry Elementary School for two years. Then went to Parkway West and Parkway West Senior High School. Uh, school activities. Uh, I ran track and cross country. I was in choir. Uh, I learned how to uh, run sound and do theater elements and do entertainment work while I was in high school. That's uh, how I got started doing the, the things that I, that I do now. Um, I met people who noticed my technological abilities, the people who saw that I could understand these things and, and tried to direct me into a life of, uh, that meant more. Uh, what's funny is that in directing that life, it actually makes it, it made it a different life because it's no, it's not even all that clean. Uh, it's not like choir, you know, where religion took it and said everything's clean and pristine. Nope. The entertainment industry is anything but. Uh, even, even those, I don't know, I, I've never done it much, but I know that it's, it's full of a bunch of messy people and I'm one of them. And uh, I like it.
In regards to school, I actually liked school. Uh, I enjoyed it, but it was mostly, again, it was mostly social for me. I, uh, I talked a lot. I was not a person that wanted to learn. I was a person who wanted to learn through knowing other people. Uh, I think I always felt like I was being told to shut up or I was being told to, you know, just stop and pay attention. And when I did, I just fell asleep because it was boring. <laughs> I would get what I needed to and I passed. I was good at that. I got, I got through and I passed and I acted like everything was okay. Uh, there was... Uh, that's all. <laughs> I was just, I, I, I was able to make it through. Even I, even when I went to college, it was more social than it was academic for me. My first love, hmm, yeah, first love. My first love uh, came when I was very, very young. Uh, I was probably kindergarten. And I know that sounds really weird, but uh, to normal people, that would be weird. But I remember her name. Her name was Hillary Woolen. And I met her, actually. Uh, that is a very good story uh, that I will tell later as I get into some of my work things. Um, I met Hillary. <laughs> she was my playground girlfriend. I was in kindergarten. But I remember her, and I was able to go to her house and, and have playdates with her and uh, I, I loved her, you know, that way. Cause I can remember her now. That's the thing I ran into her, not ran into her, but I was able to see her like 30 years later. Uh, and I, as soon as I told her, who, told her who I was, she remembered, uh, that's, that to me is a, as a first girlfriend. Um, I can say that of my loves, I don't think that they forget me. I hope that they don't forget me, but I can honestly say that I don't think that I've ended them badly or where somebody would want to forget me. Uh, after that, my next first love as like a teenager, because uh, I had many crushes. <laughs> Aaron Aller was one of them. She, yeah, that was one. I could Because I could remember making mixtapes for him, you know, where... Um, it, although love has never actually worked out for me, I've always wanted it. <laughs> That's a, I've always tried really hard to get it, although it's never worked. Uh, Meta, uh, Meta Guandolo was one. Uh, she was, uh, that's, that's the one that broke the, my first heart, you know, that went, oh, that sucks. I wanted that one to work out. Uh, the next one after that was, uh, Marlena. And uh, Marlena Hyman was her was her name, and uh, I was I was twenty twenty one years old. She was eighteen, and uh, that was the one that actually broke me, got away. Uh, that I never that took a very 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 long time to get over, and still sits in there somewhere. Some of my first times, hmm. my first times, <laughs> uh, wow, I did a lot of things really, 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 really young uh, in my 
eight, ten. I was a, I was an, I was, like I said, a very social person that was outside doing a lot of things. Uh, so my first kiss, um, I don't remember my first kiss. Not like that. I remember outside playing truth or, truth or dare with the girls in the neighborhood. Uh, I, I, you know, I remember outside, you know, uh, I remember making out with my girlfriends and I remember all those things. I don't remember my first time. Uh, my first time uh, having sex, I remember, was in college. I was a freshman. I'd only been at school for like two months. Uh, and her name was Angelique. <laughs> and, uh, it, yeah, it was, it was a thing. It was an exciting moment. Yeah, of course, everybody, if you can't remember your first time having sex, then I'm sorry for you. Or uh, there is something that I hope you can go back to. Uh, I would like to remember my first kiss. That's, and I'll have to think about that one a little bit more, but, uh, because a lot of my life actually revolved around sex. Uh, still does. I'm sure it does. And I know it does. I'm not sure it does. I know it does. And other people I'm sure have have it in their world that way too. I, I enjoy sex. Um, the... <laughs> Some people have been called bohemian. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I just don't let it out to everybody now. That's why I'm not... I guess I need, I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to catch up to where I am now by doing this thing here. I tell him recording some of my life and what was important to me. Uh, and, and by doing so, I get it out. Uh, what else did I do in high school? There was a, I, I was in, I did a lot of stuff in my high school years. I was very, very, very active. I did a lot of bike riding. I did a lot of, um, uh, I did a lot of things. I got in trouble. <laughs> I got <laughs> started drinking, started smoking, started uh, being, started finding who I was. Yeah, I, in my high school years, I was a rebel. I I fought, but tried to fit in. I tried to be a nice kid and look nice and play nice, but uh, there's a lot of me that just didn't like it. Didn't I? And I don't know if I knew it then or if I knew it now. I didn't like the work. I didn't like to have to act a certain way. I didn't want to have to, I didn't know it though. I tried to be preppy. I tried to be full. I tried to be, you know, the, the thing that have read everything under control. Uh, I never felt out of control. Although other people told me I was out of control. I graduated in 1993. Um, there are some things that happened in 1993, and we'll look them up. <laughs> I was there. Uh, I was a part of them, so it's harder for me. I'd like, uh, I'm a version of Generation X, and I don't mind claiming it anymore. Uh, I grew up in that era. I know what it was like. Uh, you can tell me about it, if you, what you think of it, and I'll be happy to tell you what my life was like during it. My first car was a 19... 82, yeah, 1982 Ford Escort station wagon that was baby blue. Uh, the uh, the hydraulics on the back of the the up 
the lift gate were failing, so it would fall down. Uh, I think there was rust coming through the bottom of it. It was a stick shift. I learned how to drive a stick uh, at a very early age. My dad taught me when I was like 12, 13, 14 years old how to drive a so I wrecked my first car when I was 12, 13, 14 years old. Uh, actually, I think I was probably 14. And uh, my dad um, had a, I'm not sure, I think it was an 82 as well. 82 or 84 uh, Mazda truck, B2000 truck, 22. And um, I went to go mow the lawn and I backed it up and I connected it to the, to the, uh, pole to the uh, telephone pole out in front of the house that they lived on in State Street there in Charleston, Missouri. So my dad, uh, we lived in St. Louis. Uh, I have to go back in time. My dad, uh, when they got divorced, uh, a year or two after my parents got divorced, I was maybe 10 years old, 11 years old. My dad moved to Charleston, Missouri. Charleston, Missouri is uh, 150 miles, approximately 180 miles south of St. Louis. Um, is a basically a, far, a farming rural community. Uh, a couple thousand people, maybe 3,000 people. It might be six now. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, we would spend every weekend and six weeks out of every summer down there. I was a city kid moving into or staying with... Uh, country kids. <laughs> so I fit in there and here. I had many friends down there and I I uh I miss those friends as well. They were I had a lot of very nice girlfriends uh that were friends. I mean they were they were friends. I had a lot of I had a lot of different genders of friends. I had a lot of different social statuses of friends. I had a lot of different uh creeds and colors of friends. I had a lot of different friends. Again, I was very social. Uh that's another thing I miss about uh, about my younger years was being social. Uh, I still am. I still like to be. It's harder now than it used to be, I think. Uh, my first time driving is uh, when I... Well, my dad taught me. Like I said, he had a... Wow, I think it was a 1981, I think... Volkswagen Dasher station wagon. Uh, my first dog that I can remember, his name was Brandy. Uh, Brandy was a black lab. Uh, it was a family dog. And uh, that went along with the Dasher. See, I remember all of our cars, too. That's a thing. Uh, my mom had a Porsche 926. Is that what it is? Uh 924, 924, I think. Uh, she also had, my sister had a Mazda 626, uh, 1989. And uh, like, I learned how to drive her car. So she went to college and my sister left her that car. So it was my mom's car and gave it to her, my sister. Uh, I learned how to drive it around our subdivision and I would steal it during the day when my mom was at work and we'd drive it around because uh, <laughs> my sister left the key. Uh, and then uh, Shanna had a 1989 Ford Escort GT that I would drive as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed uh, driving a lot. Still do.
my friends in high school, uh, Sean Wilson and I, I have more of them, but the ones that lived in my neighborhood, Sean Wilson and Matt Ron, and I would, Matt had a Ford Mustang that was like, a, I don't know what it was, like an 86 Ford Mustang, I think. And uh, Sean, I don't know what Sean had, but we would race around our neighborhood. We would literally ride, like squeal tires and everything around our neighborhood. Um, ooh, skateboarding. I skateboarded around the neighborhood. I was at the pool in our neighborhood a lot. Again, uh, you know... I, I like to be at water. I like to be at the pool. I like to be around friends. That's I still like all that stuff. Like I said, I just don't feel like we do it as much anymore. Um, there was something else that I liked to do that I forgot. Oh, chicks. That was the other thing, chicks. I like chicks. I've always liked chicks. Uh, not not chickadees, not, uh, not baby chickens. Nope. Women. I like chicks. Uh... I've always been friends, friendly, sexual, everything uh, with women. And I'm very open about that now. It's a lot harder, I think, for, uh, I don't know, adults to accept it as, a, as an okay thing. I went to oh college, so uh, we're flipping pages. If you couldn't tell, um, uh, I was well liked in high school. I was well, li I've been well liked, you know, most of my life that I can understand. I don't, I don't think that I've been uh, an unlikable or, you know, I don't feel as if I've been antisocial. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, I went to college. <laughs> I joined a fraternity called Kappa Alpha at Mizzou, the University of Missouri, Columbia. Uh, at that time, uh, I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. I didn't. I didn't even know what college was, to be honest. I knew it was something after high school. Oh, you're supposed to go do this. Uh, no one actually ever taught me. No one talked to me about what I was supposed to do. I majored in communications, thinking radio and TV broadcasting. Uh, I found a completely different thing when I got there. <laughs> I found a group of guys who uh, taught me or told me how to live not well, <laughs> who told me to live this certain way, to do these things, and they fit kind of with what my mother had taught me about being a gentleman and being uh, a nice guy and taking care of women and, you know, just being generally this. They warped it and fucking just did stupid stuff to it. Um, being hazed as a pledge and all that other stuff just, it for me, wasn't worth it. It's where I really first started to understand that I am against uh, grouped people or, or your own tribe of people or I'm against like one tribe um, of uh, unless it's a tribe of people like all people but <laughs> the idea behind like you have to have this one particular set of things in common and you have to live by that uh, it's where because they just did not come to help me when the time came uh, there, uh, you you would think that you know 
friends and things. It's the first time I think I really realized that life lets you down. People let you down is when they don't show up. Uh, or they have to be forced to. Like, nobody's there to help you. You're there to help yourself. And that's where I first saw it. That story comes from being in a lot of trouble. Um, I started drinking. That's where I started drinking really heavily. I started in high school, but I college you know, intensified it because those people allowed it. And, uh, that's the way I dealt with the pain of them. Really. I didn't like being there. I hated being there. I, I can remember. I just hated being at school. It was, I just felt angry all the time, all the time, lost and lonely and angry. And all these people were there and I had no desire to learn anything. Um, but I did it because that's what I felt like I was supposed to do. Uh, I never did graduate. I came home. Uh, I came home a year and a half after, uh, not because I chose to. Uh, I rarely have chose my own way. A lot of the time it was chosen for me. Here, go do this. Here, go do that. Just get out of my hair, right? No, maybe not, but that's exactly how I feel. Uh, I came home because they said, uh, your grades aren't good enough. You have to go home. So I went home. Uh, I came home, went to Merrimack for a year or so. I got as far as getting to like one credit hour short of an associate's degree. Because uh, even as there, all it was was high school again without my friends. Uh, I wasn't meeting new friends. I wasn't finding new friends. They were all just, you know, strangers. And uh, that's where the doors come in, really. The the group, the doors come in. Uh, and people are strange when you're a stranger. That's all right. Um, and if you don't fit in you're not trying to fit in or you're not making an effort to do things the way that they want you to, it'll be much harder to fit in. So because I went to college and didn't ever find out what I was supposed to do, <laughs> uh, my life went back to doing what I knew before. Uh, I worked at Six Flags after that. Uh, so I came home, went to college, or went to Merrimack, and got a job that summer working at Six Flags over Mid-America, or Six Flags St. Louis, and ran the television station. There was a closed-circuit commercial television station that was broadcast inside the park and all the rides and different places of uh, commerce and things like that where you could watch commercials and see rides and new things that were coming up uh, on you know, in the park, uh, I met some of my very close friends to this day there, uh, all of which, basically the majority of which have gone into some form of technology or entertainment in their life uh, after they left that job. Uh, others have gone on to do other things. Uh, There's a great group of them. I had a, a lot of friends that I met there, a lot of friends. And I, uh, again, I miss, <laughs> I do miss my friends. I miss the fact that they, uh, that I had such a good time with them while I worked there. That 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 whole feel uh, with those people was what I liked. It was exciting and everything. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Angel Audio Productions, providing audio reproduction for 25 years. Find us online at www.angelaudio.me or on Facebook at Angel Audio Co. That first part of my life, the first job of my life, the real first job of my life, being out of school and into something that was, um, you know, not 
you know, not just a, it's what I believed to be the beginning of a career. I thought, <laughs> uh, you know, I got, I left college and I was able to, to do something in the sound and, or not sound, but in the radio and TV broadcasting, I believe that's where I wanted to go. Uh, I even, I internshiped at our, but that was channel 11 here when I was in college. Uh, I did a semester's internship at the news. Uh, although at that time I realized I really didn't want to be in the news. Uh, I didn't know, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, I wasn't a journalism person. Uh, I was a fun person. Uh, I didn't want to do the news and talk about all the crappy stuff that was out there. And I didn't want to, you know, I didn't know there w was anything else to do. <laughs> Radio and TV broadcasting, you were a news or you were uh, on air personality like a DJ would be. Uh, neither of which I thought I could do. Everything was, you know, union or everything was, and I, d I didn't know how to get into it really. Uh, so the way that I thought to get into stuff was to, you know, do the sound thing. I didn't really think much more about it, to be honest. Uh, people always told me I had a good voice and I had a good, uh, I had a good personality, you know, things like that. But I, uh, I didn't realize, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, it wasn't something that got cultivated. So I continued on with work the way that it was. And I, uh, after Six Flags left there because the position basically ended. And uh, I always got the feeling that you had to grow up. There wasn't a full-time thing. They were cutting people off. So I always figured that you didn't have a full-time thing to do and you had to uh, go find a full-time. Although I worked basically full-time. I fed myself and I paid rent and I did all that stuff from working at Six Flags and overtime and everything. And um. And I learned a ton, uh, but I didn't learn it from people who were teaching it to me. I learned it on my own and from trial and error and sitting there and editing and, uh, you know, dealing with people and basically failing and, and succeeding over and over and over again. And we were allowed to do it. Uh, and then all at the last year we were there, the full, my full-time supervisor Although I worked full-time, I was a seasonal person. Uh, I treated it like a job. I treated it like a career. My full-time person got fired, and we were left to run. I was left to run my department, basically, for the remainder of the time. Uh, and I did it, which was only a couple of months, uh, but did it. And uh, then after that, we weren't hired back. You know, it, The position just basically went away, and... Uh, I had I went to go find another job, and at that point, I found a job working for a company called Alibars. And uh, Alibars was a lighting and sound event and design company, and they still are. Uh, it has been the same thing basically for the past thirty years, and that's that they uh, they provide rental gear for these smaller, uh, homier events, things that are uh, particular, and uh, they look really cool, and they have some flash and flare to them uh, and they do a really good job they didn't do music they didn't do they did DJ music they didn't do lo much live music and I didn't that's not something that I wanted I wanted if I was in that job or if I was, if I was in that field uh, 
uh, I wanted to better use my talents. And one of my friends from Six Flags called me three or so years into it. Uh, so that was... 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2, somewhere in there. Uh, and Alex Joya called me and, or got a hold of me somehow or another, I can't, uh, through friends, through all of our friends that we had at Six Flags, called and asked me to come work for him at the casino, uh, America Star Casino, which is in St. Charles. Uh, and... I said yes, <laughs> because I rarely ever say no. Uh, that's the <laughs> uh, when somebody asks for things like that, especially in the way that he asks. You know, uh, Alex would say, Alex would say, and I remember him telling me whether he was, uh, you know, just pulling my leg or that he really thought this. I'm not exactly sure, but he said, you know, you're the only person I know who could run all of this stuff, and. I agreed. <laughs> I went, yep, I sure can. Uh, and he gave me a chance to continue to, you know, do his thing, to do my thing and work. I ran the blues bar. Uh, eventually he got me into where I was uh, running sound at the blues bar every weekend. Uh, and we were uh, improving and coming up with good ideas and making things better. And, uh he ran the AV department over the entire place, and I ran the, not ran the blues bar, but <clears throat> I uh, got to take care of the bands that were in there, and and I called it mine. Uh, we shared, you know, everybody ran it as their own, but I called it mine. It was, uh, I spent a lot of time in there. Uh, I liked, for some reason or another, uh, that particular job didn't sit right with me. And I think the reason is, is it just felt all competitive. Uh, somehow or another, it just didn't feel like we were wanted or that it was like it always had to be justified why I was there. Um, and I didn't I didn't feel like I had any room to grow, even in the position that I was in. I felt like I would like it was being held back. Uh, and I didn't like that. So. Alex left, and after that, he, I mean, he went to go work for another company, and not long after that, I didn't have the support structures that I had while I was there, and people were taking over that I didn't like, so I left. Um, and I was able, uh, at the time, I was a Mason, I was becoming a Mason, and I was a, uh, I'm a 32nd degree Scottish Rite Mason, so I went through all the degrees of our Blue Lodge, um, to become a local, uh, just regular Mason. And then, uh, I also went on further to become a, uh, Scottish Rite Mason. And I was even a fellow. Uh, I have a couple of other titles that go with Masonry, uh, that I would, I would like to talk to, uh, more about and actually, you know, be able to talk to people in those groups again. I, uh, I left to go work for them. And it kind of jaded me because uh, I saw, you know, you, you get to see the other side of things and not just the, the uh, that everything can be pretty and, and run uh, without a problem side. Uh, 
Um, although I don't think that I, I uh, added to the problem of that. I only ended up working there for a year before they couldn't afford to uh, fund the position basically any longer. And there were some other changes that were made uh, in the leadership. Uh, I seem to have been a part of some leadership changes that <laughs> don't really agree with me. And I, I've recognized the fact that I don't, uh, I don't, I don't do well when, with that kind of change and having to reevaluate where I stand uh, under somebody's new leadership. Um, that led to some really interesting thoughts about who I've been following and what their leadership was like, right? Uh, and why things get taken over. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't know I had any control over those things because I wasn't the one in power, really. I was the one um, doing the work while other people were not... Uh, they were making the decisions. I just, you know, the next thing that I ended up doing, uh, and, and it happened to be... Because uh, I knew Alex still, and he had gone to go work for a, a company which is now called Switch. And uh, with his, because he went there, I was able to have an in, and I got on uh, doing um, promotional work, basically, for uh, Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light. And I did that for a year and a half. Um, I was I, I learned how to drive an 18-wheeler. I basically drove uh, <laughs> Optimus Prime across the country, uh, set it up at different special events. It was a great time. Uh, it was too great of a time, actually. Uh, they wanted you to have too great of a time. <clears throat> and I enjoyed it uh, a lot. The problem with being on the road and being out It's not necessarily, it's, hmm, how do you say this correctly? When you're out and you're traveling around, you don't spend a lot of time in one place. There's not a lot of um, family. There's not a lot of uh, hospitality. And I, I go back to the doors and uh, he's right. People are strange when you're a stranger. Um, you, there are a group of people that maybe you get along with, uh, a lot of the time you don't. <laughs> uh, when I was on the road, I was with a team of people. They were all very much younger than I was at, uh, 10 years or more. Uh, they were kids and, uh, we did not see eye to eye on how things were supposed to happen. Uh, I tried to run the show, although I wasn't in charge. But I was the oldest one, and I thought I knew more. And uh, and for a lot of things, I did have more experience. So uh, in this particular one, again, I didn't feel as if I was given the opportunity to move up. So uh, I kind of sabotaged it, and I left on my own. And uh, when I when I wanted to be promoted, 
and I deserved to be promoted, I was told no. And that happened a lot. It happened at the casino. Uh, even after I, you know, Alex left, uh, another reason for leaving the casino was because uh, I tried for promotion. I tried for Alex's position or even uh, to move up out of a technician's position. I was told no. I'm too valuable where I was. Um, when I tried to, you know, become more, better, move into the Scottish Rite thing, they couldn't afford to pay me, and that's okay. Uh, I also wasn't very happy doing the job. Uh, uh, going around doing promotions, if I didn't have to do that uh, for the alcohol and for the uh, for the Bud Light and the and, the, and for the Anheuser-Busch that I didn't really believe in as a company. I saw what they did to people and how they uh, how they used the lowest common denominator and made a ton of money and just uh, got away. Not a ton of money in a good way, you know, like they were just selfish. And uh, But I could see how people love them in that way. So... After that, I uh, <laughs> after I worked there, so it was two thousand and seven, eight. I uh, I kind of decided to take a break. I uh, I went down and lived at my mom's house. My place was being rented, um, and so I lived with my mom for a couple of years. Uh, so I was in my mid thirties at that time, and. Um, she needed some help. She had, uh, and wanted. She wanted to find me something to do. So I got, uh, I got my appraiser's license. I sat through classes and got appraiser license. And I ended up through the next couple of years working my way up to getting my real estate appraiser's license, my real estate agent's license, and my agents and my real estate broker's license. Uh, I've never, as of this date, haven't sold a home. Uh, I haven't bought a home. <laughs> I bought my condo. That was it. Uh, I realized it was not something for me, the paperwork and the uh, uh, oversight. And it's not even all that much oversight. It's just nitpickiness that goes into it. And nitpickiness that doesn't have real rules. It all just gets kind of like, oh, yeah, I see you're being nitpicky. Okay, fine, we'll fix it. Uh, it's just, uh, it, yeah. I didn't like it. It wasn't something I enjoyed. Uh, so, uh, you know, I've realized that my, I really like the entertainment industry, either being, either the radio and TV broadcasting, right, where I can share music and, you know, people can listen to what I do. And I don't really want to, I, I, if I could talk to people and be like, hey, why'd you write the music and then help you mix it or things like that. I, it's, uh, I don't want to, like live recordings, to me right now are very, they seem cool. Uh, I can do it really easily too uh, with the equipment that I have currently, you know, both, both audio and uh, I've been finding out that even with my iPhones and what I have, I can make some really cool video. Um, so that's what I, you know, I'm working on right now doing, uh, working on those styles and seeing, you know, finding people who want me to you know, shoot stuff for him, shoot video and record some stuff for him and just see what happens. Um, uh, uh, yeah, Alex is a friend. I haven't talked to him in a very long time and I've heard uh, not so good things recently. Uh, 
I thought he was a friend. I thought, you know, he's a work friend. That's one of those that you're not always sure about. Uh, I, I would like to be more sure about work friends. That's uh, something that uh, I wish, I, I mean, I, not that I wish. Okay, let me say it like this. Um, I'm glad to be a better person now than I used to be. Um, I used to very much let emotions and uh, the hurt that I had in me take care of however I acted. And uh, for for what it's worth, I wasn't, nothing I did was meant to, not nothing. Few things that I did were meant to harm others. Uh, they, were, they were more meant to be empathetic and helpful uh, to people in, in hurt, including myself. Uh, that's a, that's an ongoing thing that I think I would like m more people to understand about my life and who and wh where I've been is that the majority of things I've done, uh, and I say the majority of things that I've done, have been to ease the pain of others, uh, whether with my time or with my uh, abilities. Um, or with my, you know, with my love. Uh, so if I were to... Um, yeah, music. That's basically music, and I was thinking about what my career field is, and basically my career field is music, although I don't create it. It's more like I, uh, the technical side of music, you know, getting it down... Uh, getting it out there. Uh, and I'm not sure that musicians understand what that means. So I kind of, it's a slight sometimes when they uh, don't understand how I understand music. So uh, I'm thinking about how, like years in professions, like, so yeah, for music, uh, like I'm reading this set of notes and the career field I chose, you know, it's entertainment, sure, but I really think, you know, basically I chose the the music uh, side of things, uh, although I never really understood that I did that. Uh, I did it in by way of technology, and I did it by way of uh, listening to it, not performing it. Um, I have a, a thing for work friends and who I would consider work friends. Uh, Ryan Brott is a work friend <laughs> and much more than that. Uh, uh, Orion, Orion Madsen is a work friend and much more than that. Uh, Dan Voigt uh, was a work friend and much more than that. Uh, Alex Joy is a work friend and much more than that. Uh, Jenny Novak is a work friend and much more than that. Um, uh, K Wonder uh, is a work friend and much more than that. Uh, that's how I, I become or how I became what I did. You know, what I've done is these people who have been around for 20 and 30 years and who supported me going, yeah, you're good at it. Keep doing it. Uh, 
and then teaching me how to deal with people and how to be more sympathetic and empathetic and how to uh, be less, you know, harmful and harsh to others and uh, how to stand up for yourself, <laughs> how to stand up for myself. Because <laughs> uh, I am, I have always been a nice guy. That's the, uh, you know, the the vernacular that people would call me. You're, you're a nice guy. You're too nice. Um, you're overly nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm a nice guy. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Although other people have far, far, far different uh, beliefs in what it is to be nice. Uh, I believe that my work friends have actually become more of my friends. Uh, they were my friends before, they're my friends now. Uh, we don't see each other as much because we've gone our different fields in different ways. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, friendships don't stay the way, and you know, I guess the disposable society that we live in now, they don't stay as much. People aren't as loyal as they used to be. Uh, Ryan and I talked about it today. Uh, Ryan and I talk almost every day. Uh, and that's what friendship is people who continually show up in some way, shape, or form. Um, making new friends as an adult is not an easy thing to do. It's not a... Um, I, don't, I haven't found it to be an easy thing to do. Other people do. <laughs> I have not found it to be an easy thing to do. Uh, I feel as if... I have uh, a lot of different values and I show them uh, blatantly and other people are less less inclined to be as I am. Uh, and I, I have some slippery slopes of, of, of value setting. <laughs> there's very, there's not a lot of things that I'm, that I feel as if I'm very stringent to, to believe in. Uh, I have values. Uh, and I tend to stick towards them. Uh, but there are very few things that I am completely uh, and utterly believing in. Uh, I think one of the very few things is, you know, what uh, the freedom of choice, you know, uh, freedom in general. Uh, there's a lot of freedom. Uh, I don't believe that we need to be told what to do. Um, that's, that's my number one thing. Uh, and that's very, very difficult to continue to stand up for. Uh, in today's world, it, I believe it's difficult. Uh, although I try. <laughs> Hence why I keep talking. Uh, some of the next questions that are on here are some of your success stories and and failure stories. And I believe that, you know, being able to talk and be free with your speech and uh, things like that have kept me uh, from being successful sometimes uh, because I, I don't tend to temper my temper and I don't tend to hold back 
when you when I get going. <laughs> I let loose my tongue, and uh, others don't like that. So. I find myself uh, sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes I find myself holding back uh, because I need to fit in or I need to belong here. And uh, I don't know if I need that. <laughs> uh, and I say that I don't know. I mean, I've done it like that my whole life. I fit in. Uh, I've I've been like the reed to fit in and, and make sure other people understand that I understand that they're okay. Um, it doesn't leave a lot of room for them to understand uh, that I'm not actually okay with a lot of things that happen. Uh, I know I talk in generalizations, uh, and I know I condense down a lot of time uh, so that whole sentence probably didn't make a whole lot of sense because it's happened many times in my life and a whole lot of things went through my head. And I'm going to have to go back and think about some of these stories and some of these times when people haven't been what I thought they were or, I'm sorry, where I didn't fit in, you know, where I didn't believe exactly what it is or I didn't feel free to voice my opinion because I felt like I was being either judged or or discriminated against. Uh, and I know I'm a white guy. How could you feel discriminated against? Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, to not believe in your theologies uh, behind Christianity and Catholicism that permeate this entire makeup of our culture. I don't believe it. I believe you are being told what to think and feel. And that's not free. And I had to live through it. I had to be brainwashed by it. And I don't like being brainwashed by people any longer. Success stories. <laughs> I've had a lot of them, though. I've had a lot of great jobs, and I've had. A, I'm not, you know, most of my failures have been personal ones. They haven't been job failures. I, I mean, they. I get. I don't, I've never really been fired. I've been let go because they ran out of money, right? Uh, I basically quit. Uh, the next one at Switch. Uh, I didn't want to be out on the road doing that anymore. I got off the road because I didn't want to be around a bunch of punks that had no respect for other people on the road and driving large vehicles and just getting hammered all the time and driving around the country that wasn't very respectful of of people or me or anything else and i basically quit that job uh uh I, you know respect is a big thing and that I, I i don't know i think the same thing when it comes to houses you know if i could buy my house for not $80,000 for the box I live in and have to spend my whole life doing it, that's craziness. That's craziness. I, I don't understand it. And yet I did it. And I've done it for 15 years, paid for this box I live in. Uh, I can't... Um, 
I've sacrificed a lot of my time and my thing for for what other people have desired of me. Uh, but I've been a success. I've been able to pay for this box for the last 15 years. Uh, I've had help from my father and my mother and giving me money to support me and uh, as, you know, gifts for the most part. You know, here's extra money that we have. Thank you very much. And I hope to one day be able to pay them back before they're gone. Uh, I don't know if I ever will. <laughs> uh, not realizing your talents or not knowing why you're here is a thing, you know. It's a thing. <laughs> uh, but my life's not over. So success and failures are things that still happen every day. Uh, some days are better than others. Some weeks and months are better than others. There's up and downs. Uh, some days in those weeks or months and better than others. So I learned to live with them every day. And I'm recording stories to talk about things that happen. And I'm taking my mind off things that aren't happening. And I'm saying, hey, hi, uh, this is my life. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> the story would be better edited, uh, with music. Uh, I am, I have music in my headphones that, uh, you don't have, uh, <laughs> the highway to hell is playing right now. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the next section of my, of my life. Uh, we're going on to what my home life is like. I lied. <laughs> Not on purpose, but I forgot one of the most important things that I've done. Uh, while I was in Mississippi, I uh, realized that I didn't, I no longer wanted to work for anybody else. I didn't want to have to, um, I didn't want to have to, I didn't want to have to. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to work for other people. I wanted to uh, choose who I worked for. I wanted to. Uh, have my own company. And uh, so I started Angel Audio. Uh, Angel Audio is a... Um, it's a music production company. Uh, we, we reproduce and make music uh, in different formats. Uh, we've done installations uh, for venues, for schools, you know, uh, audio systems for homes and uh, schools, churches, you know, places that use large PA systems, uh, the big things, small things. It's really just about, uh, you know, distributing audio, uh, getting it out there so, and making it sound good so people can hear the music and know what they're doing uh, or know what's happening uh, and be well-informed. Uh, so, you know, 25 years since I was in high school, I've done 
music reproduction or entertainment or formats for other people for this, that, or the other. And in 2007, I decided that I was going to work for my own. And I started actually in the 2000, like working after, uh, even before when I was at Six Flags, I still came back and did productions for my high school. Uh, uh, I where I started, where I learned, where Dan Voigt taught me how to set up a theater, how to set up microphones and speakers and make them sound good in a room, in a gymnasium, you know, nonetheless, and some tricks that you use here and things that you do there. And uh, that that knowledge followed me through uh, and has supported me all these years. Technology, uh, learning new new technological outlooks on how to get sound out there and uh, you know, new formats, uh, digital editing, and uh, digital signal processing. I mean, it's uh, it's grown with what I can do with audio, <laughs> and I uh, I I just want to keep doing it. That's my ears still work really well, and I'm still happy to be able to do work. Uh, it seems as if the live realm isn't as uh, active, or I'm I'm I haven't figured out how to do all of that yet um, I do very well <laughs> yeah I do well don't I I don't want uh, I don't want anybody here this thinking that I'm ungrateful for anything that I've I have uh, I do well I have people who call me and have called me for years uh, I, I like loyalty. I like respect that people give me uh, because I show up and I get the work done. Um, I like the fact that I'm good at it. Yeah, and I'm happy and I'm enthusiastic about doing it. I, I mean, I get up and I go. It gets me going. It does. My home life. Um, my home life's pretty quiet. Uh, there's not much around. The dog is around now, currently. Uh, my home life, I've never been married. Uh, no kids. Uh, I've had girlfriends, people that I've fallen in love with, uh, that I, that I care for very deeply, um, that don't know how much I care about them. Or have chosen to forget how much I've cared about them. Um, as of yet, at 44 years old, I have yet to have met one that has uh, kept my attention <laughs> or that uh, they've all kept my attention, don't get me wrong. Uh, one that I've kept her attention and vice versa uh, and has chosen to keep choosing me. Um, I'm still very hopeful that that will happen. Uh, I I talk about it all the time. It's actually something that's very important to me. Uh, my uh, I've lived basically on my own, I, you know. Or, or I had a set of roommates. Like after college, I came home, and I didn't like the people I had to live with at college, right? Because I was forced to, or I was told to live there with these people, and I they were all right, but I didn't, you know, I didn't really. Uh, and I came home and uh, met a group of guys uh, that were very nice. I mean, they were, you know, they were just partiers, and we had a good time. Uh, the house, they they didn't know how to take care of themselves. They were all kids, and we were partying all the whole time. And 
I didn't like that. I liked cleanliness uh, as best as I could. <laughs> I uh, sometimes can't afford it, or I can't, you know, it's hard for me to keep certain things up uh, because I, you know, I've lived my life in other ways. So uh, I don't, I don't blame, I've done my best to keep myself uh, up. <laughs> uh, and I've had times where I was down. You know, I've had times that I've been way down uh, for floods or for feast or famine. You know, I think everybody, and I hope, no, I don't hope. That's not something I hope on people. Um, I believe that most people have had ups and downs. Uh, I hope they're not as up and down as mine. Uh, I, I would hope that people's lives are more stable than what my feast or famine has been. I would rather be more stable. Uh, uh, my first place alone was in Fenton, Missouri. Uh, so I lived, uh, when I was out, I had four guys that I lived with. They were just dirty. They were all nice guys, so I loved them. They were all good friends. <laughs> you know, they were they were just dirty. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not a very dirty person. I'm a, I'm a fairly clean person almost all the way around. Like, I have some dirty spots, but I'm basically clean almost all the way around. And that's, that's hard for people to get, I think. Uh, I'm actually just a very nice guy that likes to cause trouble but not be in trouble you know like it's fun and it's just fun because it's fun it's boring to be ever like everybody else it's not uh, that's not troubled <laughs> um it's just not easy for other people to get and like so my first place after living with the guys was in um Fenton, Missouri, which is down, it's the southwest suburb of St. Louis. And I lived in a little one-bedroom apartment that I paid $354, $350 for a month. Uh, at that point, I still, I was a good party person. Uh, I went out as much as possible. I was a good social party person. I uh, went out as much as possible. I was spending all my money on whatever else I could do besides live. I believe that I'm still basically the same way to this day where I'd rather be out doing things and spending the money than sitting at home having to pay for the place. I just haven't figured out how to do that yet. Uh, I'm working on that right now, though, with video and audio and getting out and being like, here, we're going to go record stuff. So uh, that's why I'm doing this, too, so that I can say it out loud, and that's what I'm doing. I'm not saying it for anybody else's purpose. I'm recording it for my own. This is what I'm doing in my part of my life. Uh that place that I lived in uh, had mold in it. And, uh, oh, I had some great times in that place, though. I had some people that, oh. <sighs> I fell in love in that place. Uh, I did a lot. <laughs> um, Marlena and I, uh, I met when I met Marlena when I worked at Six Flags, and that's where I was living there. I also worked at Pasta House. Uh, I met many people. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer, uh, yeah, 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 Jennifer's one of them, uh, she, she had a, uh, she has a, Jennifer has a heart of gold, Vermer, B-E-R-H-M-E-R, -E -E has a heart of gold, I know underneath all of that other stuff, uh, 
she's yeah and i i loved her then <laughs> but not in the way i loved marlene in the way that i know that i loved her you know like i i can't live without her couldn't live without her i'm glad she exists all that other stuff uh there were so many people that i met at six flags that i uh could have loved and wanted to love they all i met them all there you know they were just open souls and they were fun to be around and that's the time that I lived there in Fenton. So those three years or so that I lived there, because I got the job at uh, after I left there, oh, and at uh, uh, Alabar's, because it was after that that I was living at Ala, uh, the freedom that I had. Just I felt, I felt alive and free because I was able to do whatever I wanted to do. Uh, somehow or another, without really making any money, I could go do whatever I wanted to do, uh, and I I, w I did it. Uh, somehow I kind of, I think I would do that again in a heartbeat. Um, if I had reason, yeah, if I had reason, uh, it, you know, it was for the social part of it. I, it wasn't, I, I had such a good time because of the social. That's, that was it. I, I just had such a good time. Uh, My first place that I bought is in Creve Coeur. Uh Yeah, uh, you know, I kind of came back to where my family was, it, but not on purpose. The place that I bought just happened to be really cool. It had a pool and it was secluded and it uh, it's a condo and it's on the, like the end of the bottom. And uh, it's, it, you know, it's pretty quiet over here. I've got a field that looks like a backyard and people don't really bother me. Um, I like it, except that it's not it's not made for here <laughs> it's all brick and it has no insulation and uh it's just not made for the whole thing isn't made for where it's at it's made for california and uh it's also not big enough for two people uh, I would love to have somebody else here with me. And I, if, if that person could help me out and come, oh, yeah, I would keep it in a heartbeat. I would. If we could go travel and do everything else and keep it, yeah, I would. I like my place. I do. I, if I could, if I had a second um, second uh, income that would help bring it on or uh, I had more of my own can income that I could keep it going uh, and keep it going and keep it up, I would keep it and just pay for it like I do. And, and that's still the plan. I don't plan on changing that. Uh, it's trying to figure out how to not be here and be there. The size of the, they were both one bedroom. Uh, this one's 630 square foot. So it's fairly small. I don't need a lot. I've never needed a lot. Uh, not a lot of space. I need a, I need space to move around and sleep. Uh, stretch my arms, you know. Um, stuff, stuff has never been all that important to me. Uh, I like things. Uh, I like playing with things. I like having things to play with. Uh, I don't like upkeeping them. I don't like having to uh, make sure that it's up to date and all the Joneses like it. And I, that's not even, I don't even care about the Joneses because normally I'm ahead of it. Uh, I just don't like having to pay for it and then upkeep it and get more of it. And, and it's just, there's a lot of, uh, I would just, I would, yeah, I'd like to just have it and play with it and give it back. <laughs> I mean, that's the, <laughs> like, care. thanks for letting me borrow it. I, I took care of it the best I could. Um, I have lived here since 2004. So 14 years I've lived in this spot uh, and traveled back and forth. Uh, three years somebody rented it. 
uh, I was, uh, I lived here for seven, I guess, basically. Mm, 2004, 2007, four, four, five years. And I was out on the road, four or five years, then I was out on the road for three or four years, and then I came back, and I've been here. So uh, it's been off and on, and uh, again, I like it, but I don't like it. You know, it, it has ups and downs. Um, it's a place for me to sleep. That's its purpose, really, and eat and feel comfortable. You know, I'm I'm pretty... I'm pretty secure when I'm here. I don't feel like anything bothers me when I'm here, and I like that. Uh, I never had never had any kids. No, uh, I did uh, have a couple of pregnancies. Not me, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, at young ages, and there were there were times that you know that that is not uh, that is not a good life to do. Uh, I wasn't, I was not anywhere close to being a dad. Maybe, could I have been a good dad? Should I have been a good dad? Yes, everybody says that. Uh, uh, and I was not at all, ever, ever, uh, did I ever think that that was the time for me to do it or with that person. Um, I have not been selective with, I mean, I've been selective with who I've slept with, but you know, pretty pretty free, and I've had lots of opportunities. So, I don't I don't discount that as a uh, that's a whole another podcast. That's a whole another that's a whole another story arc of uh, people and things uh, that can go on for a very very lo- for a long time because there's a lot of love. There's a lot of love, and I uh, and I don't. I'm, that's not braggadocious because uh, m- a lot of it was very hurtful to me. Uh, but I loved them nonetheless, and uh, yeah, uh, what's today's life like? Yeah, you've heard some of it. Uh, right now, it's pretty quiet. Uh, I'm working to get uh, myself up and running. Uh, in the last uh, six or seven years, I. Uh, I decided that uh, the life that I had wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be. It was too out of control. Uh, I hadn't been controlled enough or I hadn't been disciplined enough. I'd been a little too undisciplined. Uh, and I know that's, whew, man. <laughs> uh, but discipline and freedom aren't exactly the same thing. Um, or undisciplined and freedom are not exactly the same thing. Uh I believe that it takes some freedom uh, and discipline. I believe that it, you know you have to you have to be able to make decisions that are right for you, and that freedom will come because what's right for you. That's a, and that's what I believe. Um, that if I keep trying and keep standing up for myself, that I'll get there. Uh, it's not easy to be different. Uh, it's not easy to stand up for yourself, and it's not easy to know yourself it's not easy for me to know myself Uh, i get i'm i'm influenced by a lot of people and things i've been influenced by movies and television i've seen uh and heard and listened to and been a part of many 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 things that i don't always believe in you know that i know are indoctrinating and that uh are not necessarily true. They're true for the moment, or they're true for the uh, for the situation that the people are in, but they're not necessarily true for life. 
part of this is that you have to take with you what you believe to be true. I have to bring with me, without preaching to other people, I have to bring with me things that I believe to be true. Finding out what I believe those things to be true aren't always easy to do. It's actually very difficult to wade through the, the just all the people's opinions to try to figure out what it is that I believe in. What I say or how I uh, act and, and react to emotional things. And I, I can get... That's... I try to be a better person every day. I try to move forward and learn better about myself so that I can be a better person in the world and not let uh, stupid shit affect me. <laughs> to be able to understand other people's less than uh, understanding capabilities, uh, that they're, that some people are just less than intelligent and not on purpose, but because they refuse to be flexible and because they refuse to learn. And that's, I, I don't, there's some things, my willingness to continue trying to have belief <laughs> in anything at all, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, you know, lately it's been trying to find out what's the most important in my life other than, you know, <laughs> food and water, shelter, things like that. And like I said earlier, freedom is one of those things, choice, uh, the ability to decide, you know, companionship, human companionship by choice. That's one. To not feel like, you know, to not feel like I'm making somebody spend time with me that they want to. That's choice. Uh, loyalty. Uh, I, I choose to be loyal to my friends. Uh, I choose to be loyal to people I've worked with without, you know, screwing them over. Uh, trying to be the most honest person that I can. Uh, I, I appreciate loyalty in return. Uh, respect. Yeah, respect. Um, you know, respect for myself, for my health, uh, and the choice that I'm, you know, that I respect how I'm safe, you know, and clean. <laughs> and, like, I have, uh, and I, and I, res I, I, I expect the same in return. These are the things that I want back from the communities around me, from the people around me. Um, uh, good directions, you know, not just people telling me to do things because they w would like to see my outcome, but good direction. Like, you should do this because this is you. Uh, that's what that's the that's the path that you should take instead of trying to tell me not to take certain paths uh which you know comes into trust all these things by way of you know choice by because they choose to do it not because i'm asking them to or because i'm telling them to provide that for me but because the people around me are choosing to do it and the willingness just the willingness to not just, you know, that's one thing. Uh, the most important things, you know, those are those are uh, those are five of the most important things that I want. You know, uh, I have a playfulness in life. Uh, I like to 
to joke and, and be punny and fun. I like to let my mind go and not have to follow the rules that you put down. Uh, I like to be uh, promising, you know, give promise and lighthearted and be understanding uh, and playful without feeling as if I'm always, because I feel like everybody just thinks that I'm always angry. And I'm not. I'm, I would rather not have to have the issues that people come to me with or, you know, have to feel like uh, things are angry. I'm, I'm a playful person. Uh, I'm a person of quality. I like quality. I like good things. <laughs> That's a shout out, sorry, to uh, uh, one of our furniture dealers in St. Louis, uh, uh, Carol House, because you like nice things. I do like nice things. I like things that are uh, that perform well. Uh, I like things uh, that are, you know, that have quality, quality, you know, intelligence in the right area, you know, to be able to use it and, and pull it out when you need it and the passion behind things, uh, you know, to know why you're there doing it, not just because you're doing it for a reason, you know, because somebody asked me to. Uh, and taking pride in what you do uh, and the quality of work you do and the uh, resilience, resilience and the quality. You know, these are words that go to me that say quality, that say um, you're, you're in it because you chose to and you want to make it better. You want to you qualify, you know, you want to you be better. Uh, and I go, again, I've talked my way through it and I'll talk my way to it. Uh, willingness, uh, the willingness to try, uh, the willingness just to do it again, to love again, trust again, uh, devote time, uh, you know, uh, honor, uh, the willingness to honor, uh, you know, to give somebody the benefit of the doubt, to give, uh, to forgive, you know, to come back and let somebody and again, just to go high. Yeah, I understand. Uh, to you know, to start new adventures, to make change, to uh, and the willingness to to believe in anything, especially that it'll be okay, <laughs> just to try. Uh, you know, balance uh, of. Yeah, that's you know those are all the things that go with freedom, and I'll talk about it one you know as, uh, one more time because choice is is huge, and I'll end with it. Uh, you know, if I have it, you can have it. <laughs> Just ask. Uh, if I don't need it, if I'm not using it, uh, and you want to borrow it or uh, you know use it, bring it back. Bring it back better, or let me know. You know, uh, let me know that I can have it, or let you know I'll let you know you can have it. Here, you can have it. I, you know, you can have it, and I'll borrow it. <laughs> uh, you know, the freedom to ask, uh, to ask what I want, ask for what, ask for what I want, and get it. I believe that's a thing. I believe that you should be able to ask for what you want and get it. 
I don't, it, you shouldn't have to ask very hard either. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that's a thing that I, you know, that's a freedom thing for me. Uh, if you want something, you should be able to ask for it. Uh, somebody will tell you how to get it. Uh, and I believe that, you know, not, it's not even just how to by working your ass off this out of the other. Uh, or, you know, but somebody will show you. This is how you get it. Uh, you know, uh, freedom and truth. Yeah, freedom and truth. Um, the, the you know, I mm, that's a hard one. The freedom to choose and to understand truth, to look at it and go, yeah, that's not true for me. It may be true for you, but that's not for me. That's that's the freedom. That's choice. That's balance. In abundance, you know, whatever your you should be able to have and get more of that, without feeling like you're going to go and and have to starve. That's what I feel like. I feel like I shouldn't have to starve to get what I want. <laughs> yeah, there, you know, there's joy and freedom and trying, <laughs> and and just you know giving giving freedom a try, giving love a try, giving health and energy, stability, all these things to that sound like uh, walking the line, a try. But that's what freedom is. It's following what your path is. It's walking the line and trying to figure it out. Uh, not everybody will follow it the same way. I hope to be around after this. You know, I, I'm, I'm wrapping it up. Uh, I'm trying to follow my own my own rules and my own, you know, way through this thing. Uh, I'll continue to try, and I'm going to piss people off. <laughs> yeah, can't make all the people happy all the time. Never have. Uh, I try pretty hard to fulfill most people's desires to be happy. I do. I, you know, if people ask, tell me that they're upset about something, I try to fix it. Uh, I can't fix everything. And sometimes, just sometimes, uh, I'd like to leave the fixing to other people. And in fact, I'd like to leave the fixing to other people more often. Here, this person knows how to fix that for you. Please talk to them. One great thing about being uh, now, uh, the story doesn't stop right here. Uh, this is up until now. Again, I'm 44 years old. Uh, this story has many, many uh, offshoots. Uh, this is the first part of that. Uh, maybe I make it into a podcast today and put it up for people to listen to, sure. Uh, I'm eventually going to have it as a, uh, I'll add it, I'll add stuff to it on YouTube, make it a story. Uh, I don't know, maybe. I, I know that as this story goes, there's more story to it. <laughs> uh, I need music uh, on here. Right now, that's the end of these questions. Uh, there's much, much more to come. 